Greetings Grapple fans, it's time once again for two different generations of pro wrestling fans to try and take apart a pro wrestling pundit of a much older generation, much, much older generation, and see if the great Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer was correct with the matches that he's given five stars or more to. Uh, I'm your co-host, Lorcan Monon, and with me as always is my co-host, Simon Cross. And Simon, we've got a variant of uh, a combination that we previously enjoyed. Uh, uh, yes, uh, insofar as we've enjoyed Kent Kabashi's work as part of the six-man tag team matches with Mitsuhara Masawa and Toshaki Kawada against Jumbo Suruta, Akira Tawe, and Masanobu the Shithouse Fushi. We are now moving on to Kabashi. It's funny because in that one, Kabashi's kind of the junior member of his team. Like if yeah. anyone's going to take the pin. It's going to be him. He takes a very different role in this. Now, the, the match we're about to cover is, is a one that has a... I don't know if you know or not, Simon. This match has got a heck of a reputation. I know there are people over the years that I've followed online that have argued that this is maybe the best All Japan match of the 90s, the best tag team match of the 90s. Some would argue the best match of the 90s. Um, and it is Kent Kabashi teaming up with his other member of the Super Generation Army, but the member in the junior heavyweight division, Soyoshi Kikuchi to take on the Can-Am connection team of, no, not Rick Martel and Tom Zenk, it's Doug Furness and Dan Crawford. Simon, did any of those names mean anything to you? Um, obviously, Kabashi we've covered in great depth already, but um, I knew a little bit about Kikuchi because we talked about him being part of um, that faction. But mm. Furness and Crawford, not a Scooby. Absolutely none before this. They're an interesting one that they came about. Uh, they, were, they were actually just put together by Giant Baba. They weren't. They were two individual wrestlers. Um, Doug Furness was sort of around so, so the Southern states. He was. A, he was one of those guys with a great collegiate sports. He's, he's a. He's a multi-sport uh, disciplinaire. Um, I was just reading up because unfortunately he's another one that uh, tragically passed away ahead of his time. Although you might be surprised for different kind of reasons that you might suspect. Um, but he was uh, a high school, college football player. Was actually drafted into the Denver Broncos. Only had a didn't play a professional game. He also could have been a professional bull rider. He held multiple records in powerlifting. You can tell he's, he's got that frame. Yeah, he's got like um. Yeah, when he left the world of powerlifting at 27 to take up pro wrestling, he had something like 29 world records in various disciplines, particularly the squats. And uh, there was a time when he was working in WCW briefly that they thought about maybe trying to get him to pass the record of squat lifting over a thousand pounds. He'd managed about nine hundred and sixty-five pounds or something insane like that. Do you want to know what the craziest thing about all that is? This great powerlifter, he was allergic to chalk, <laughs> no. so he couldn't. So he couldn't chalk his hands up when he did a lot of those lifts. So that was his raw grip. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So this is a super athlete. I don't think I don't know if he pulls off a drop kick in this match, but if you've seen a Doug Furness drop kick, like it's up there with the Kazuchiro Cutters and the I would rank it above like a hardcore Holly drop kick. It was that good. Um, so he had an incredible. He had at one point he had thighs. His thighs were thirty five inches. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> 
he does that. Like he reminds me of um, sort of like with Rusev, the way his like chest is. It's just yeah. squared for just prime athletic well, he's, competition. He's relatively short as well. I think he's about five foot ten, five yeah. foot eleven. Just squat and powerful. That's it. He's and got a that squat super, power frame. Super athlete. And I think Furness and Crawford kind of remind you of some of the great tag teams in America of that time. There's definitely a vibe of the Steiner brothers with them, um, and also Stan Lane in of uh, the Midnight Express in a lot of what Dan Crawford does. Dan Crawford's more of a traditional wrestler yeah. that came from the Stampede region, um, and. So they were put together just on a whim by Giant Baba. And when Doug Furness did pass away and they were writing up the obituaries about them in Japan, they were cited as one of the great tag teams in Japanese wrestling history. What they're competing for in this match is the All-Asia Tag Team titles, which were essentially the secondary tag team championships within All Japan. And they were treated fairly respectfully. It was very often like a stepping stone for a guy who's going teams that are going up. It's like their first, it's kind of like the equivalent of the junior heavyweight tag team championship. And it's noticeable. Like the IC title. So, and is it... uh, not really, not really. Cause that could be held by main eventers. You wouldn't be a main eventer in holding the all Asia tag team titles. Mm. Um, it was, it, yeah, it's well, the, the intercontinental titles had so many different roles over the years, whereas all Asia, it's like been defined. It's more clearly defined. One. It's more, consistently treated um of course when all japan basically lost its entire roster then it was a lot harder to maintain it but you know um but it's very interesting as well like i said uh, to go to the match itself uh the kabashi kikuchi relationship feels very big brother little brother to me mm. uh kabashi's noticeably taller than kikuchi kikuchi looks young uh, he looks like he's in his early twenties or so in this match. Yeah, but it, you know, but he's also very and he gets in trouble and it's often Kabashi that's got to help him. Bail him out. Got to save him out. But but Kikuchi has that fighting spirit. Uh, to be honest, he could almost be Scrappy Doo esque at moments. <laughs> <laughs> but do you get where I'm coming from? I do. And another thing about Kikuchi, that guy loves him some Dynamite Kid because <laughs> his whole look. At, even the tights are basically the classic British Bulldogs Dynamite Kids tights. Yeah. But with the Japanese Rising Sun flag on the bum instead of the U- Union Jack on the bum. It is, he does a diving head, but he does like some snap suplexes, you know, I think, at this point. Especially with um, what happened with two, two, possibly three, I'd say, of the main exponents of the diving headbutt. Do you not just feel a little bit uncomfortable when he hits his? Absolutely. Every time someone hits a diving headbutt, I hate it. I want them to, I want it to be kind of, not outlawed, because I don't think you can outlaw things, but I want it to be as... Rare as Rarely, yeah, like like the pile drivers now so rarely used, you know? Yeah. It needs to be treated as something special, because it just doesn't, you know, I don't know. It's, it depends how you do it as well. Like, if you just do the, the flat fall and take it all on the head like like Benoit did like Harley Race did but from a standing position it's just gonna fuck you up over time it's like Hogan's leg drops anything you do repeated that involves that much like trauma to a specific area of your body will destroy it and here's another interesting thing the crowd it's as close not only is the crowd just molten hot throughout the whole match but they're cheering and they're booing yeah. which is very significant for a Japanese Crowd. We've not really had that in what we've seen so far. Um, it's good. Obviously, it's more like a, a vibe I understand. Um, yeah. Going into it, what I like is how they set that. They set the stall out early doors. Obviously, pre-match, 
you know, Sky Jins versus Japanese. So there's there's always there's like a, a tilt towards the Japanese team before we do anything. But it wasn't that Furness and Crawford are traditional heels, really. Crawford plays it up a bit more. He, he does, because he does and... that little finger wag thing before the yeah. bell, which I really like. And he, he sort of does like a Bret Hart, hey, look at me, <laughs> kind of pose at one point. Just, Maybe that's just this just stampede, stampede route that uh, part of him coming out. Uh, whereas Doug Furness was always just very professional sporting. He always thought his like, athleticism should do the talking. He wasn't, much, he wasn't ever much of a talker or anything like that. <laughs> Straight to see um, a man change hairstyles so significantly throughout the match as well, because he starts with that um, sort of Brillo pad ponytail, and by the end of it, he just looks like a mad lion. Yeah, well, it's just guys that have that frizzy hair, don't they? Yeah. Uh, just naturally sort of curly hair. I'm very fortunate to not have that. Um, but, but he's yeah. got bigger. It because he started with a ponytail, he, he sort of grows. Like, yeah. um, oh, what's the name of the lizards with the collar? <laughs> You know what I mean. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, it's interesting. I could almost tell something from the commentary. At one point when Kikuchi's in the ring, they keep saying junior mm. and heavyweights. And I think that's the key story, that this was like one junior trying to keep up with three heavyweights. Yeah. That's the key of the story, really. Can Kikuchi keep up? Because if, if Furness and Crawford are going to beat anyone, it's, it's going to be, be Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Yeah. And can they isolate him? And they do it like it's like classic Midnight Express revival, cutting the ring in half, uh, holding on to him, you know. Um, uh, and then when Kabashi tags in, he's the house of fire. And they even do like the double spot, you know, thrust kick to Crawford, thrust kick to Furnace, body slam to Crawford, body slam to Furnace, yeah. which is a very American, like Robert Gibson sort of oh, hot tag. In this to way, do. you could see anything you've. The, he- the the heavyweight's done. The junior heavyweight can do just as well. Yeah, yeah. And Kikuchi is so good at like um, being, being, and he's also like a great launch pad for Kabashi as well. Like, there's a great spot where uh, Kabashi does a like does a backdrop on Kikuchi that turns into a moon salt onto moonsault his opponent. Cold, cold yeah, mode, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's there's a lot of good tag team wrestling throughout this match, but yeah. One thing I just I just want to just say I mean I know we've already covered it with his powerlifting records but when Doug Furness like hits someone he, he's, that person stays hit like this, yeah they, he hits a really good yeah go on sorry the the amplify how big he is with how well they sell his offense you know and he he just looks like a bulldozer he, he's kind of like a more powerful grounded dynamite kid I know Kikuchi's a tribute act to the dynamite kid as well but yeah. Crawford. Especially with like his moustache and everything, doesn't look a million miles off of. And really, the position that Furness and Crawford held on the card as sort of the top mid card Gaijin tag team is sort of where the British Bulldogs were throughout their two runs in Japan in the eighties. And then Dynamite Kid had with the Brit with Johnny Smith after uh, he split up with Davy Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, they just carry themselves the- like a hard man team as well. Um, yeah. Quite they're like a proving ground. They're like a testing proving ground. Like before this, they feuded with Sos Shaki Kawada and Samson Fuyuki. Mm. And so it was kind of like when someone was making their step up to the main card, they had to get past Furnace and Lafon. Yeah. And that's kind of also why they were like the all Asia tag team titles. They held them five times. And like within, again, within Japan, they were like, they had a re- ridiculous like number of runs with the tag team titles. Mm. Um, like like record setting almost at their time, pretty much from eighty nine to ninety five, ninety one sorry to ninety five, 
which is um, like their golden period. Yeah, yeah. But there's just a little bit at the start where uh, Crawford just fires off a series of really stiff kicks right in the corner, yeah. and he is yeah, just yeah. bodying, bodying. Yeah, that was what, that was what was reminding me a lot of Stan Lane. The kicks were very similar to the ones that Stan Lane threw when he was in the Midnight Express. Hell of a reach as well for like yeah. a tall man, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's just just four super athletes as well. At one point, um, Kikuchi does a beautiful Northern Lights suplex with an amazing bridge. They just their bridges are so good in Japan. It's crisp. Everything uh, is crisp. Yeah. yeah, there's two Doomsday Device moves. The Furnace and Crawford hit the Doomsday Device on Kikuchi. There's like a top rope heart attack as well. Yeah, the crowd goes ape shit for that. And then Kabashi and Kikuchi return fire with um, <clears throat> um, uh, a Doomsday drop kick. Yeah. Where Kikuchi does a missile drop kick off the top. And the height on that, to like achieve mm. that sort of height, it shows what an athlete that Kikuchi is. Yeah, and another bit of like uh, a ter- like a nervous spot is when Crawford gets Kikuchi, I think it's Kikuchi, in a, a, a Cobra clutch. And he's just wrenching him. He's basically, he's doing his, he yeah. worried for the guy's neck. Because he's just ran- wrenching him all across the ring. Fling- like Jumbo Saruta was proud of that. Yeah, he flings him around like a rag doll. He, he, he just, that is, he just wants to break him in half. Hmm. We got Doug Furness hitting a Frankensteiner like Hurricane, like like the traditional Scott Steiner Frankensteiner. And the crowd was, are like going mental when he does that. The crowd are going mental throughout the whole thing. It's it feels like a sprint. But they are the match is only 20, like the, the yeah. match is twenty two minutes and it feels like a sprint from start to finish. It's a very um, there's 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 not a lot of dead time. You know, there's not a lot of no. dead time, and it's nice fat. If you're gonna do a fast pace, do it like this. Yeah, is what I would yeah say. it takes advantage of the tag team format, allowing people to have time, you know, and allowing for intricacies of storytelling. I think the Revival would probably look at this as a, a key match that they would see as an inspiration. And if they were to end up going to Japan, I can imagine them working very similar to Furnace and Lafon. Yeah. Whether there's a promotion that could really fit them. I guess All Japan could actually fit them if they were to go there. Uh, but that's assuming they would want to leave WWE. Um, and, um, yeah. Who knows? That probably wouldn't. Who knows? But yeah, who knows? Told. But yeah, it's just great callbacks to all these classic tag teams: Steiner Brothers, Midnight Express, British Bulldogs, um, all uh, Rock and Roll Express. Even like I say, with Kabashi's hot tag, um, and then the crowd just goes crazy for everything. And Kabashi is so over with the crowd, and Kikuchi in different ways. Kikuchi's like the underdog that they're all rooting for, whereas Kabashi is just this all conquering hometown hero. Maybe the best wrestler. In- I don't know if there was a hometown because it was a different venue. Yeah, I didn't. I'm, look I'm, it up. I'm sorry, I should say home country hero. Cause- yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't Krakowin Hall, and it wasn't Budokan, it yeah. wasn't Sumo. So I don't know if it was. He's very much sumo. the crowd's boy. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's their guy. But when he goes up, when he starts climbing the ropes for the moonsault, the crowd is already like losing their minds, and then Furnace is able to block it at first. Um, and then, and they then take the sequ- they, they, that like, little false sort of dip in the flow of yeah, the match. Yeah. They get the crowd. Even more, and just the fact, and there's some of they done. I think Fushi and Jumbo have blocked Kabashi from doing it. So it was obvious that Kabashi's moon salts is a, a significant, you know, it's a super weapon. Yeah, like you say, uh, I think this is before he debuted the um, burning hammer. His mega so weapon. That, yeah, his murder death kill weapon. So this is like his ultimate finisher, and his other finisher, which is the double arm DDT, is what he does before he's able to go up and, and execute the um, moon salts uh, for the three counts. Um, 
And like post match, the, the, to emphasize again that Furnace and Crawford aren't heels. Really, they congratulate them and then wrap the like put the belts onto them, which is something you don't really see that often. You never really see it in America. Not, yeah, no, it's not really that happens these days. Yeah, the most famous example I could think of is like Hulk Hogan giving it to Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, but he had ulter- he had a massive and that ulterior was, yeah, motive. his ulterior motives were very different to that. I think but that's yeah, possibly just, why he don't see it a lot yeah. because he's talked about what he wanted to do via that and it, it's sort of been tarnished yeah maybe uh it can still be used like some of this used a lot in japan as well like the the passing of the torch and everything and some indies in america like to do it as well i think uh samoa joe did it frost in aries after aries finally dethroned him after like his 21 month run with the ring of honor world title yeah there's times and places for it. i think japan are more comfortable with it possibly might be, might be wrong there it might have been roderick strong that put it on but it but but joe handed it to him. yeah uh it, yeah it could just be a case of the japanese are more they i think the way that they their culture is they approach passing of the moments where the torch is passed mm. a bit better than it's perceived well i think it's also cultures. the the fact that it's perceived as more of a sporting uh, um, that too endeavor as yeah. well, and in sport you do shake hands post match, you know. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily hand them the trophy or anything like that, but there is that clear thing. And unless you're um, Wayne Bridge, and, and that was why, and that was why Doug Furness loved working in Japan over working in America, because, like I said, he was all about the sporting side, the athleticism, mm. whereas in America it was about the showmanship, and he wasn't as really good at that. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to read up about him afterwards. Do you have any more notes about the match itself? Uh, no, pretty much I've covered everything already. Um, what I would just would say is the way the match sort of, uh, the way they sell disbelief after um, Prophet and Furnace hit the Doomsday device and they just can't believe they didn't get the free yeah. count. That just helps sort of, it's the little details that help sort of gather the crowd in for that final stretch. And they were right there with them because he. It's like he's just seen a man with two heads. The fact he couldn't get a free count on the Doomsday device. Yeah, yeah. So the guys that went on, they wrapped, They still worked in all Japan all the way up to like nineteen ninety six. There's an interesting story with Doug Furness that he was he would be in the Champions Carnival, but he would be sort of on the low level of the league, and he had a match with Masawa, and he hit Masawa with a Hurricane Rana like a Frankensteiner. Um, and they then they, they told him to finish the match quick, like they had to go into the finish straight away. And then it was said that because of an injury, a neck injury, Masao was out of the tournament for the rest of the run. So Furnace had lost the match, but he injured Masao to the point that he couldn't compete anymore. And then he got sent to, and he's utterly distraught at this, and then he gets sent to the locker room to see Masao. And there's other people there. And Masao's there with a neck brace, and he's not really moving. And then everyone else leaves the locker room, and it's just Furnace and Masao. And then Masao took the neck brace off, revealed it had all been a work, and that he was fine. But Baba was booking the tournament so that Kawada would win it, but he didn't want Kawada to beat... He didn't want Masao to lose to the people that would lead to him not winning the tournament. Yeah. So Furnace was essentially a pawn in the game. And it was kept so quiet that then he went to the Guy Jin locker room and Stan Hansen was telling him off. And then Furnace told him, yeah, but they just told me he's not injured. And then Stan Hansen was like, not only that, you're lying to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Whether, I wonder whether Hansen did know and was just keeping it up as well. I don't know, but 
Oh, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, he could have just been caught up in the moment, you know, mm. and that he could, he could have just had the reasonable explanation given to him and just not bought it. Absolutely, he could literally go coin toss. It could go either way. But yeah, Furness unfortunately inherited a lot of um, like heart issues from his parents. He um, he then suffered from Parkinson's disease. Uh, he had some brief runs in the WWF for about like a year and a bit. He made a big debut. They had them debut at Survivor Series 96 at Madison Square Garden, the same show that Rook, The Rock debuted at. And they were given a similar treatment to The Rock had, where The Rock beat, um, as Rocky Maivia, beat Goldust and Crush to win the Survivor Series on his own. Uh, they have Ernest and Lafon, which is his real name. I don't know why they decided to do that, but that's what they did. Uh, Philip Lafon, still Dan Crawford. They had them beat um, Al Snow, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog from a two against three disadvantage. And they beat the, all three of them to eliminate them. And Doug Furness did this amazing German suplex on Owen Hart that just was like a full rotation. It looks like Owen might have landed on his head. So they got off to a hot start, but it just never quite worked. And then they had a match with Bulldog and Owen Hart when they were, Bulldog and Owen were like falling out. So they could have had like them win the titles and then Owen Hart and British Bulldog fought, go on to have their blow-off match and form the Hart Foundation. But instead it ended in the DQ finish. Uh, they were loaned over to ECW for a while. Uh, but then Dan Crawford uh, got into a horrible accident um, that meant he had to basically, I don't know if he retired or not, but he had to like not wrestle for a long time. So Furness was a singles wrestler. Didn't really work. Uh, they did have a one-day reign as ECW World Tag Team Champions. And in 96, they had... I remember watching it on Bravo, and I wasn't loving a lot of what I saw of ECW at the time. It was, like, the first time I finally got to watch it, and it just didn't... And they were showing, like, 96 stuff, so it was already, like, two years out of place, which also, in hindsight, was, like, some of the best stuff ECW was doing, but I didn't... I don't know, ECW... I never loved ECW as much as some people did. I enjoyed it, but I never loved it. Yeah. But... I remember them having some a match, at least one, maybe two matches with Sabu and Rob Van Dam at the ECW arena. And Sabu and Rob Van Dam can be very up and down with where a match goes with them, but they got a really good match out of them. I, I seem to recall. Yeah, that can be uh, quite. I hope I'm not. I'm hoping I'm mixing them up with the Eliminators, but they did. Um, yeah. No, I can't have done. I'm sure that they had a great match that I saw on ECW. So that might be something for you to check out. Because Simon, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now. Would you give it five stars? I'm telling you right now, I'm giving this match five stars. This is my fifth match to get the five star rating. Yes, yes, I would give this five Whee! stars. <laughs> yes, um, the psych- the psychology that's sort that's of passed that's... me by as I, as I sort of watched it the first time a little bit, but now when I think back to why some uh, some of the Kikuchi stuff happened, um, that that just pushed it over the edge because I was I was teetering, I was teetering, mm. but. Now, the gla- like you know when like the glass shatters in your head and you everything just it feels like it's a place. match you'd like to watch again. I would watch it again. Yeah, mm. which well, for some of the stuff we've seen so far, I definitely wouldn't say. Um, so yeah, you know. well you know we can talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, but we've just been just been all positivity all around. So let's end on a positive note. If people want to positively send us their positive emails or negative tweets, because that's all Twitter's for. Uh, whatever you want to do. How can they do that for you, Simon? Uh, well, if they want to get in touch with us, it is L... L-M-T-Y-S pod. Oh, you didn't trust me then, did you? <laughs> well, I saw your eyes go to the top of your head 
So that's a. I've got to wreck my brains here. It's the so um, I'll take over. Spelling of the acronym that always like trips. Yes, me it's up. the acronym. Yeah. So I think let me tell you something pod, but it's LMTYS pod. And that, at gmail.com and that's how they can get in touch with us as a collective um got a facebook page twitter and you know all that sort of all stuff. that sort of stuff. have we got twitter we do have yeah. a twitter yeah we do have a twitter i'm not in charge of that as you can tell uh if they want to get in touch with me as an individual uh they can get in touch with me on twitter where i'm so known as simon cross free um so known for the amount of times that i sort of went back and forth as to whether or not to give mm-hmm. this five stars or not my name is Lorcan Munn, and that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L, A for application, N for notification. That's my Twitter account. That's my email address. That If you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my Letterboxd account, Facebook, uh, all, all the works, Bebo, whatever you want. Um, but next week's uh, ne- next show, sorry, Simon, not next week, we will be covering another Kabashi Kikuchi match as they defend... They recently won all Asia tag team titles against Yoshinari Ogawa, and it's the return of the shithouse, Masanobu Fushi. Ah, oh, I, I just love his shithousery, and we're going to see more of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> but until then, my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. 